Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you love your boxing and your MMA, we have a brand new show every single week called The Knockout. Myself and the great Gareth A. Davis will be looking forward to some of the big fights that could happen in 2021. Could we see Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua, Canelo versus Billy Joe Saunders? Every single week as well, we have a special guest. And today we've gone big. We've gone big for the first one. We've got the former IBF featherweight champion, Josh Warrington, will be joining us today. And I'll be asking him why he dumped the IBF belt. And as it is our first show, we've got a bonus guest for you as well. We're going to be speaking to the great promoter, Frank Warren. And also, what next for Conor McGregor after the defeat at UFC 257? Is the end near? This is The Knockout, and this is TalkSport 2. Deontay Wilder, who's been down, who's been absolutely pummeled, and the towel comes in! The towel comes in! Tyson Fury is the winner in Las Vegas. Jay Reyes, he throws in the towel. Tyson Fury has done the remarkable. I will say, the king has returned to the top of the pole. Look, bro, I started this game in 2013. I've been chasing all the belts. I've been dealing with mandatories. Of course, I want a challenge. It's not about the opponent. It's about the legacy and the belt. Whoever's got the belt, I'd love to compete with them. If that is Tyson Fury, let it be Tyson Fury. Undisputed lightweight champion of the world, the takeover, Teofimo Lopez. A star is born tonight. The pride of all Mexico and me, WBA, WBC, and Great Magazine, Super Middleweight, champion of the world. He just got me excited for what could happen in 2021. I was like rubbing my hands together listening to that. Uh, all right, before we start, let me welcome in my co-host, the great voice of not just boxing, but MMA as well, the great mind, and that is Gareth A. Davis. Gareth, thank you for joining us here. Thank you for agreeing to be my co-host. This is going to be a good show, Gareth. <laughs> oh, my brother, it's a pleasure to be here. Addy, talking fight sports in the afternoon during lockdown. I think a lot of people will enjoy because it's normally late at night. It Fights is. take place late at night, and it's lovely to be chatting to you 
hearing your dulcet tones. We haven't worked together. I think since the last time there was a big uh, UFC event on, on Fight Island, it's great to be working together, and I'm delighted we're forming this partnership every week. I love it, because I feel like you're right. We're breaking the rules. Normally, you talk boxing and MMA <laughs> about 10 p.m. We're saying, you know what? No, That's we're correct. breaking the rules. Three o'clock, we're going to start talking some boxing. Three o'clock, we're talking about Yeah, it's about still it. light. It's still light, it basically. Is. This, this is, this is, we're doing things different here on TalkSport 2, I tell you. Um, Gareth, look, yeah. so much to look forward to. Uh, now we're in 2021. But let, let's go back a bit and, and look at what happened in 2020. Considering that we were going through a pandemic, boxing delivered, didn't it, in 2020? It was a weird year last year. Um, you know, Tyson, we heard the, the Tyson Fury there. Um, his victory. We heard Anthony Joshua at the end of the year. The two heavyweights have done what they needed to do. But it was a very strange year last year without crowds. And we're starting the year with no crowds this year. Mm. But what's delightful is that we've got a schedule all the way up to April the 10th. Yeah. Um, and the possibility in the next couple of weeks that there'll be a big announcement that Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury will fight in the Middle East, I suspect, uh, late May, early oh, June. Don't get me excited. Don't say May. Well, um, no, but it will. And And you know what? It's a bit like you sort out the date for the wedding and then you do all the planning around it. No, but it's like that because yeah. it is the big one. Mm. It's, it, it, it's, you know, I, 30 years I've covered boxing this year and it's going to be arguably the biggest event I've ever covered. And I was there at Mayweather and Pacquiao and um, Conor McGregor and Mayweather, which was a huge event, um, at massive fights back in the day. And... But this, because of social media, because it could happen with these two great heavyweights in their prime, um, at the right time, at a time when the world wants to see a big sporting event, everything else in boxing could fit neatly around that. Like you say, Canelo could come back um, twice by the summer. We might see him fight Billy Joe Saunders. We're getting Josh Warrington on shortly. Obviously, he's kicking proceedings off on February the 13th because of the lockdown. I mean, I'll let you say a few words because there's so many great fights coming up as well. No, there is. Did you think, and you mentioned there that it could be the biggest, one of the biggest fights we've ever seen. It, I think it will do that in pay-per-view numbers. But do you think it loses a bit because it is in Saudi Arabia? Like, I've been there. I was there for Ruiz Joshua. And they put on a great show, but it isn't like a Vegas show. You know that. It's not like a show at Madison Square Garden either. Do you think it loses a bit by being in Saudi Arabia? Well, look, um, I think you have to say that Wembley Stadium has become a mecca for, 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 for massive fight nights as Millennium Stadium because of what Anthony Joshua has done there. Mm. Um, Las Vegas has been a mecca for fight nights since the 70s. New York goes back to the 20s. Um, you know, Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, the, the fight of the century, 1971, being one of the principal fights there. Two men had heart attacks and died on the night. There was so much excitement. They did. Remember that? There was, I shouldn't there laugh, was cinemas. Did, yeah. No, no, I, I know. You, you laugh out of, out of, of dark humour, I know. Yes, yes. But even on that night, people couldn't get in. This is, this is a night, remember, when Frank Sinatra was a ringside photographer so he could get his... Uh, seat uh, on the ring apron and Burt Lancaster was doing commentary now for the youngsters listening Burt Lancaster was one of the famous Hollywood stars at the time and across the road in all the cinemas they were showing that fight the fight of the century I'm digressing here but we're going to on this show because we're actually going to talk boxing we are um in the cinemas across the road from Madison Square Garden 
on on uh, in 1971 when Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier fought. Do you know they even put seats behind the screen because people could watch it backwards. So they watched two southpaws fighting because, <laughs> but, but that's what happened because everybody wants to see it. Yeah. And, and my point is, this is that kind of fight. Mm. It doesn't matter where it takes place. It could take place on the moon. I've said this. It could take place. It could take place. It could take place on a giant yacht in the middle of the Pacific. There was talk with, about that. With, <laughs> it's, it's exactly. And, and, you know, you could have 3000 people at the fight all paying half a million each because they're the richest people in the world. I, I don't mind it going to Saudi Arabia in this instance, or well, I'd say Saudi Arabia, but I don't know it's going to Saudi Arabia. I don't mind it going to the Middle East in this instance, Annie, because we cannot possibly sell 100,000 tickets to Wembley Stadium or the Millennium Stadium at the moment and then ask people not to go because we can't go because of the pandemic. So I forgive them for that in this time. It is a massive fight. It'll be put on in prime time for the UK. Um, I think it's the biggest boxing match biggest event um i will ever cover in my lifetime i can't see a bigger i cannot see a bigger event than this no really i agree it's, it's going to be massive we're going to talk more heavyweight boxing with frank warren and look he's going to have a part to say and, and deal with when it comes to the tyson fury side of things as well the blue ribbon division the heavyweight division is finally starting to gather momentum now there are other names other than joshua and fury we heard in the open there dylan white getting knocked out by Povetkin. they rerun it again how do you see some of the other contenders doing this year what, in those other fights, you mean, or the other heavyweights? The other heavyweights. So you've got White, well, Povetkin, we might get Joe Joyce, Usyk, possibly, fingers crossed. Oh, I think we will get that. And I think what they'll probably end up doing, Eddie, is making that for an interim world boxing organisation, WBO title, because obviously Alexander Usyk is the mandatory for that. And he was at one point in the early parts of the negotiation for Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. Joshua, of course, holding the WBO, uh, IBF and WBA titles and... Uh, and Tyson Fury holding the WBC belt, and we heard the commentary at the top of the show of him winning that fight. But I think, you know, that's a big fight. Um, mm. uh, February the 27th, Joe Parker fights Junior Farr, so he stays in the running. He's um, almost a forgotten man a bit, don't you think, Gareth? I mean, yeah, I, he is, I, like, but... I like the little clips he's putting up, on, and I think they're fantastic. Grow your social media base. Oh, and they're, they're, they're amazing, beyond amazing. They? They've they're been absolutely ridiculous. Amazing. But in terms of a boxing side of things, we forget just how good Joseph Parker is because we haven't seen him for such a long time. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and, you know, he's always going to be in there, thereabouts as a contender. Um, you ask about all the other contenders. You know, uh, Deontay Wilder's going to face Charles Martin. Don't rule Deontay Wilder coming back. I mean, he had a bit of a meltdown, but he's back. I mean, mm. you should be careful saying that because he tried to pick a fight with me uh uh, I remember that. I watched the clip many, many a time, Gareth. Panto, to be mate. fair, Panto. you stand your own. You stand your ground, uh, Gareth. Listen, I'd spent 10 days earlier. The truth behind that story is 10 days earlier, I'd spent two days with him in Alabama mm. and we had got on famously. But he knows or knew then that I was close to Tyson Fury. And he was leaning and saying, you tell your friend, I'm going to knock him out. <laughs> no, I... They, 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 we are not their rivals. Um, mm. And, you know, no, it was, it, it was, a, I'm not sure if it's a fun moment. I was contemplating just slowly taking my glasses off while he was doing <laughs> it. But, <laughs> but do you know what? The I'm contemplation so in me, no, exactly. The contemplation, because he was, he was, he was raging. He was red hot. Mm. The peppers were coming out of him. Oh, man, I, and I thought, shall I just do a bit of drama here and slowly take my glasses off? Thank God I didn't. Thank God Thank you didn't, honestly. I know. Because 
I mean, his eyes that day, he he, he was ready to go. No, but I, I, I don't write Deontay Wilder off either. I mean, I think there's 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 unfinished business there. I really want to see Deontay Wilder and Dillian White, mm. Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua. Don't you? No, don't there's so you many. This see is the, those fights? This is the beauty of the heavyweight division. I mean, look, us as, us as fans, and I guess a lot of casual fans want to see Fury Joshua, but I've told them, look, there are so many other heavyweight clashes that are going to be fantastic, just like Dubois versus Joyce was, right? There's so many twists and turns in the heavyweight division. As I said, Gareth, we are going to be speaking heavyweights in a bit later. I do want to move on and talk about yeah. Canelo, right? I mean, Canelo yeah. has come back, fantastic win against Callum Smith. Let people know at home, Callum Smith was the unbeaten, ring-recognised number one, 168 pounds. He barely lost a round against Callum Smith. He has signed this two-fight deal with Matram. One will be yielded him. We are praying to God the second one is Billy Joe Saunders, Gareth. I think it's likely. Um, I've spoken to a lot of people close to Billy Joe. Um, uh, I haven't spoken to Billy himself in a couple of weeks uh, in, for the last few weeks, but I, I do think it will be. And I think because he presents a different kind of challenge to recent guys that, you know, that Canelo's fought, the Saul Canelo Alvarez has fought. Um, and I think, um, no, I'd love to look, roll those R's when we it. deal with well it. Well done, I but, can't do that, so I'll let you so, go. okay, I'll do the Spanish. Thank you. You just, do, you just do the cool, urbane stuff that you normally do, yeah? Yeah. Um, the, the, no, the, the, the thing is, I think, arguably, I think Billy Joe Saunders is pound for pound. If you, if you, if you made a pound for pound list mm. that was purely boxing skills, yeah. I think Billy Joe Saunders is in the top 10 in the world. You might say he's Ooh. in the top eight, top six. Ooh, top eight? Yeah, definitely. He is so skillful. He is remember, so remember the, brilliant. Remember the light guys, the Estradas and the Chocolatitos of the world? I'm talking pure boxing skills now. Comfort in the office. A guy that could do 20, <laughs> 20, 30 rounds a day against difficult opponents yeah. and still come out with barely a scratch on him. No, I think arguably he is our, mm. in boxing skills alone, I think he is our very close to our pound for pound number one in the UK. And that's, a lot of people won't agree with me on that, but in pure boxing skills, pure knowledge, pure instinct, you know, he'd been doing this, he could do, he, he was doing it when he was setting up as a, a nine month old child. You know that he's he's a traveller. It's their national sport. You I'll know? give you. I, I will raise you one. Just before cool. we go to the break, I'll raise you one who could be up there with him, skill for skill. Josh Taylor. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But Josh, Josh, Josh likes a fight. Has the propensity, to, yeah, to get involved in a, in a trench yeah. war as well because it's in his nature. You know, um, thankfully, I don't want to make this about me today, but I threw a, I threw when I first met Josh. I've known Josh about eleven years. Um, I remember him being so bitterly upset when he didn't win in the Olympics, was with him when he won at the Commonwealth Games. I'm delighted for him that he's in Ring Magazine's top 10 pound for pound list. He's number nine in that list at the moment because his last five opponents were 100 and, 110 wins and one loss, I think. Yeah, um, it was that. So, so he, he's, he's done amazingly well. I think but, Victor Poster was the loss. It was, it yeah. was, that's right. Well, the, 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 the only thing with, with, with Josh is... And, and I think Ben Davison is trying to get him to do this, is be a little bit more safety first, a bit more savvy. But I threw a head kick at him early on when I got to know him. And he's never forgotten the head kick I threw at him, the roundhouse. And we were messing around, by the way. And um, he always mentions my kung fu kicks now. And But I tell you what, he's a guy you don't want to get in a fight with. He, he could fight a 25-stone man. He's got that, you know, he's not the t Tartan Tornado for nothing. I think he's brilliant, and I agree with you. He is... 
Well, I've already earmarked him. People don't really understand this. I mean, he's not really, he's a star of our sport, but he's not a star in yeah, sport at agreed. the moment. And I've earmarked him as potentially uh, one of the big stars of boxing for this year. Um, but like you say, the Canelo fight um, with Billy Joe Saunders again, that will be a tremendous fight because, and, and a, a tremendous thing for us in this country if we get Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua as well this year. What a year it could be. And that's the start of the show. Look, cracking start, isn't it? Let's be honest. All right, it's the knockout here on TalkSport 2 of myself, Adi Oladipo and the great Gareth A. Davis. We're turning our attention to the heavyweight division shortly. And who better to speak to than one of the leading promoters in the world, Frank Warren? Saying you're the guy, innit? You're saying you're the guy, innit? Carlos Taco intelligently turns it back up. He takes another right hand. I said Carlos Taco was wobbling, and perhaps he was, but then he's playing possum by grinning that dog shield once again. Joshua hitting him with solid right hands. Referee Phil Edwards has intervened, seen it up, and waved off the contest. Fury sees it coming. He takes two steps back. Now he moves forward and jabs the body of Deontay Wilder, who's been down. Who's been absolutely pummeled and the towel comes in! The towel comes in! Tyson Fury is a winner in Las Vegas! The knockout with myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis with you every single week now. We'll keep you up to date with what's going on, not just in the boxing world, but we'll do the MMA world as well, because me and Gareth know our mixed martial arts. Look, the big question we want answered this year is will we see Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua? I've been saying for a while that we will. One man that can help answer us is the great Frank Warren, leading boxing promoter who joins us now. Frank, come on, Frank, let us know. Will we see it this year? Please say yes. Um, I believe we will. I think there's a will will with uh, everybody involved to get it over the line. And at the moment, uh, we're just waiting to see some sort of draft agreement that we can all um, put a, have our input into it. And, and I'm quite sure, as I say, there's a will to make it happen. So fingers crossed we're going over the line. Frank, um, thanks very much for joining us today um, and um, very happy to know that you're home after a little spell in hospital with COVID. Delighted to hear that. We need you in our sports. Um, I just wonder, obviously the two protagonists want this fight. They've both said so. Um, they've agreed a 50-50 on the first fight and a 60-40 split financially on the second. How difficult is it... Um, to, to align the four broadcasters because you've got a deal with BT Sport and Tyson Fury in the UK. Anthony Joshua uses Sky Sports box office over here. And then in America, Tyson Fury's got a deal with ESPN and Anthony Joshua with, with DAZN. Can you get all four broadcasters involved or will there be a bidding war? And, and also, where do you think the fight is headed? Because most of us believe it will head towards the Middle East because of the lockdown and the lack of crowds here. I think that everybody's got to be pragmatic. As far as uh, getting this fight on, um, you know, BT Sky, I don't think. I think they may not want it, but I think they'll, you know, they'll, they'll have to share it. And I think it'll be the same in the states. You know, everybody wants to see this fight happen. It's the uh, it's four belts, uh, the two best heavyweights out there, and, and, and I think, as I said, you know, when we started, there is a will to make this happen with everybody. We just got to make it happen. As simple as that. Frank, in the last couple of weeks, Frank, um, Eddie's come out and said this fight is 90% done. I think Bob Arum upped him and said we're 95% done. Um, 
what's the holding up on this one? Is it the Usyk WBO situation? Are we talking splits? Are we talking about where the fight's going to be held? We're here in Saudi Arabia. What's the reason we can't say it's 100% done? Because no one signed the agreement yet. We're still, it's still being drafted. And until we see it, and our lawyers, all our respective lawyers, look at him. Then um, that, that's the position. And uh, as I say, but, but you know, providing the draft reflects what the discussions have been, I don't think there's going to be a problem um, regarding where it takes place. And as you just mentioned, and Officer Gareth did, um, the situation is pretty. Um, at the moment, it's up in the air because obviously we've got the uh, pandemic going on. But uh, we've had a number of number of people contacting all the promoters concerned, talking about getting it on in their various territories. At the end of the day, we're not going to get it on in the UK by any stretch because of the pandemic, which is a great shame. So we will, I think, that the fight will go abroad and uh, and it will go to a place that um, basically puts out the biggest guarantee. At the moment, Frank. Um the, obviously, Anthony Joshua holds three of the world title belts, and Tyson Fury, the Ring Magazine, and the WBC belt. And I think, you know, within the industry, I think it's accepted that Tyson Fury is probably the number one in the world. I'm, I'm fascinated with your indicator going, whether you're turning right or left. But um, um, turning right. Okay, that's good to know. It's always, always good to know that you're turning right and not left, Frank. Um, but the, um, turn right, and the fight happens. Um, but the, um, but, but you know, is there? Is there, have you seen improvements in Anthony Joshua? For example, in that Kubrat Pula fight, and I haven't had a chance to speak to you about this, and you haven't spoken about it at length much since his victory against Kubrat Pulev. Do you think we've seen improvements in Anthony Joshua? He's, he's had the fall, the hubris, the loss of the belts, the winning of them back, and then coming back after a layoff and beating Kubrat Pulev in the style he did in a much more kind of um, balanced way, if you like, with a lot more poise and no rushing. Do you think the margins between the two men has got closer and we are in for a spectacular fight and it isn't maybe a 70-30 or an 80-20 towards Tyson Fury that a lot of people think? But he had to do what he... he a lot of people, I mean, it's a funny thing, you know, Tyson in, in, uh, in, his, in, the, in the two fights against Wilder went in as the underdog both times. And a lot of a lot of journalists were saying it was going to get knocked out in both those fights, which obviously didn't happen. Um, a lot of people, up until I think the last Wilder fight, a lot of people were were, were big on um, on Joshua. For me, I've never been big on Joshua beating Tyson because I don't think I, I just look at what do with any 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 fight. I look at what are their strengths and their weaknesses. So you start off is has Anthony Joshua got a better jab? than Tyson Fury. No, he hasn't. Is he a better boxer than Tyson Fury? No, he isn't. Um, has he got a better defense than Tyson Fury? No, he hasn't. Is he going to outbox Tyson Fury? I very much doubt that. He's a big puncher, we know that, but so is Tyson. And, and, and I don't think AJ is a bigger puncher as Wilder. And we see Tyson get off the floor twice against Wilder. The biggest punch in heavyweight in the last, you know, 25, 30 years in heavyweight boxing. So, for me, I, I, I fancied Tyson like I fancied, I fancied him as much as I did uh, when I fancied him to stop Wilder in the second fight. And I did say that to you at the time, Gareth, he will stop him. And I think that's what, and I, and I think he'll do it. Listen, I may be wrong. 
and and anything can happen to these heavyweight guys. They're big, you know, they're phenomenal, strong men. They they carry bombs in their hands. Anything can happen. But for me, I think I think uh, AJ's made for Tyson. Frank, you've obviously put on some massive fights in your time as a promoter. Forty years in the game. Congratulations on that as well. Some would have been difficult to negotiate. Some would have been easy. Just how difficult has it been to kind of make sure these two parties come together? And is this the biggest fight you've ever put on? I mean, a fight of this magnitude, is it, is it right up there with the biggest or is it the biggest by far? Well, I think for everybody, you know, for for, for, us, for you know, for top rank, for for, for uh, me, Matchroom, I think it'd be, obviously it'd be the biggest fight we've ever put together. It's huge. It's, it's, it's a huge fight. It's probably the one, and it's probably one of the biggest fights that have happened. Have happened. Um, as regard as regarding, you know, um, ha, you know how how why it hasn't happened is obviously COVID. I believe. I I honestly do believe. Had we not had this epidemic, the fight would have taken place last year. But you know, the pandemic stopped a lot of things from happening, including. You know, the fight we've all been waiting for. Frank, there's, there's more going on. I mean, we're obsessed, almost obsessed with this fight. Um, but there's more going on in the boxing world, of course. And on, um, if I get the date right, February the 27th, Carl Frampton, under your uh, umbrella, fights uh, Jamel Herring for the WBO featherweight. Am I thinking super featherweight, isn't it, title? Um, and it's the third weight division that Carl is looking to become a world champion in a very tough fight. Uh, you've managed to get Jamel Herring to come over. He's a terrific character, story, everything. I'm expecting a massive build-up. Um, how important a fight if, is this for Carl? Because he may not get another opportunity at world title level. He was the Ring Magazine Fighter of the Year two years ago, two and a half years ago. Um, how big an opportunity or how, you know, at last, a kind of ultimate opportunity is for him? And where do you expect this to take place if you've got a venue in mind at the moment? Right. Um, look, this is a tremendous uh, fight and opportunity for Carl. Um, but for Carl, it's history making. No Irish boxer has ever been a free weight champion. So it'll put him, and it'll put him in a club where there's only other two members as far as Brits are concerned. You know, who are um, uh, 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 Duke McKenzie. And Ricky Burns, I think, was the other one, and that, that's a bit debatable. One of his, but certainly it put it put him in, as far as Ireland's, you know, Ireland's concerned, it put him in a into that category, and I think that would make him the best Irish boxer of all time by doing that, by doing what he done. But it's a tough fight against a very, very good, very good operator. Um, and where we're going to put it on, it'll either go in the studio or prob or maybe the copper box. That's what we're looking at at the moment. Frank, you put on so many great fights um, last year, especially considering that we were going through a pandemic. I think one of the biggest ones was Daniel Dubois versus Joe Joyce. Um, how is Daniel Dubois doing? And is it likely we see him out around sort of May, June, July, possibly? Um, he's doing okay. I see him. Uh, we had a we had a, a, a meeting, um, and he's back to see the the doctor for his retina on the fifth of February. The two fractures that he had around his eyes, the uh, lower, the, the, the lower bone, and, uh, lower orbital, and, uh, and, uh, and I can't think what the other one's called, but anyway, they both healed and they're okay. So he's going to see the retina doctor because he had a, a bleed on his retina, and provided uh, they say it's okay, the doctor says it's okay, then he can start training. And if he starts training and he's all right, then we'd hopefully get him out uh, sometime in May. That's what what we'd like to do. 
And finally, um, for me as well, um, here, Frank, uh, Lyndon Arthur versus um, Anthony Yard. Uh, surprise upset. Some many, some people thought Anthony Yard was going to go in there and, and stop Lyndon Arthur. It proved um, completely wrong. Um, are we going to see a rematch of that one? I know Lyndon Arthur's been talking about fighting some other light heavyweights, some great light heavyweights in the country. Or will we see Anthony Yard get his chance in the rematch? Well, look, they, they, there is a contracted rematch, and uh, hopefully we we will get that on. Um, I'd like to get it on when the when the fans are back, but that's what that's the intention, obviously, because there is a rematch clause to to make the fight happen. Um, it was a it was a good fight. Um, it wasn't it wasn't how I expected it to be, to, to be as far as it wasn't ex, as, as exciting as I liked it to be. Mm. And Anthony yeah. left, you know, so people say Anthony left it to the last round, and he had a good last round. But having said that, um, Lyndon did what he had to do working behind his jab. It was a very, very close fight. There wasn't a lot in it, in my opinion. Um, but, it's it, you know, it's two guys a game. You know, we didn't mess around. We put two guys in at their best to, you know, to get it on. And I want to see them back in the ring again. Um, in the meantime, you know, Lyndon has had a hand problem. He's got to have an operation. So hopefully he'll, he'll be back in action sometime in May, end of May. Frank, uh, thank you so much for giving us some time. Always great to speak to you. The fans will be very excited about what you said about AJ Fury possibly happening this year. Fingers crossed. I've got everything crossed. It does happen. Always great to hear from Frank Warren there. Up next, I told you we've got a special guest today. Up next, we're hearing from former, and it's weird to say former, former IBF featherweight champion Josh Warrington. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. And he's going to go, is he? No, somehow Takoust stays up. He's taking massive shots. And Warrington tries to put him away. And it's all over. He's finished it. It's all over in the second. Bob Williams steps in there, rescues Sofia Takoust, and as dramatic a win as you'd win, as dramatic as you want. 
It is the knockout with myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great mind, Gareth A. Davis. I, I told you we're going we're gonna to go big on the first show, and we have gone big. Uh, let's welcome in now former, and again, it's strange to say that, former IBF featherweight champion, Josh Warrington. My, I have to say this on air, my 2018 fighter of the year for those wins and big wins over Lee Selby and Carl Frampton. Uh, Josh, thanks for taking the time to speak to us today. Um, Josh, it must have been difficult for you to vacate the IBF belt. I remember when you won it um, over against Lee Selby and just the pride in your face. Obviously, we wanted to see the Zhu Can fight. That didn't happen. Is that the reason you decided to vacate? Uh, yeah, more or less, that's what it comes down to. Um, like, so it's, it's weird that it's I'm the undefeated former world champion. Doesn't make sense, does it? <laughs> you know, three, uh, three defences under my belt. And, you know, taking on the best in them defences, obviously, barring uh, to coach, but um, only wanting to fight the best. And, you know, it, what it comes down to is the fact of, you know, my first defence, Carl Frampton, my second defence manager challenger in Kid Gallard. And uh, I've been pushing and trying for the unification fights for, well, since, you know, mid-2019. And in order for me to go on and beat these bigger names and, and these other names of the division then this is what we have to do. And I ain't going to let no bell or organisation hold me back in, in in achieving goals that we've set out and fighting these big, you know, in these other big fights. Afternoon, Josh and Sean. I know your father, Sean O'Hagan, is there. Your coach is there with you. So afternoon, gents. Happy New Year and I hope you're well. Cheers, James. You'll get I think you did the right thing by, by vacating. Um, you are going to get those bigger fights. I mean, surely you want, when it's possible, I know we're locked down at the moment, to take those 5,000 or 8,000 across the pond and have big fights in America as well, Josh. Gareth, Gareth that's what we've been uh, wanting to do for the last two years. You know what I mean? Win the world title. You know, First defence, normally a fighter has a steady defence. You know, just get, you've, you've done your hard work winning world title, have a steady defence, not us. Straight into the fight there with Carl Frampton to cement ourselves as the number one in the country. Then we took care of our mandatory challenge, like I say, in Kid Galad. After that, I thought I'd be able to go on and push onto the fights um, against the other champions around the world. Your Gary Russells, your Shakur Stevensons, your uh, Leo Santa Cruz's. Now, as you know, there's a lot of politics in boxing. I always thought that the fights would be easier to make in the higher level. It seemed a little bit more... Difficult at this level, to be honest with you, especially when organisations and everything involved. And the career is short, you know, the career is short and there's a short shelf life. I've been pro 11 years now. It's a, I, I'm, I'm desperate for these big nights, Gareth. You know, your likes of, for instance, Carl Frampton, he boxed Scott Quigg and they, he was able to get the opportunity to go on and fight an Iowa division against another champion across the pond. It's like, what have I got to do to, to, to get that? You know, this fight, what I'm looking to get with Kanju, it, people who know boxing will know that when you fight for a ring magazine belt, you only fight when it's the best fighting the best. You know, it can only happen when number one fights number two or number one fights number three. It can't happen any other way. So I only want to be part of the big nights and the big fights. Now, being part of the big fights, I think to mention legacy, and it also opens your doors to being recognised when you're going over to the States. Rather than going over as a bit of a guest, you kind of landed into the States, booting the doors open and saying, here I am. You know, and uh, like I say, 
you know, we want to keep the the, the thing alive of going and fighting your Gary Russell's over there, your Navarettes. You know, maybe if an opportunity comes up to move up to Superfeather and fight a Joseph Diaz, you know, an Oscar Valdez in, I'm all for it. But like I say, been through all the ad fights. I've done the, the small all leisure centres. I've done the arena fights. You know, I've done Leeds Arena about 20,000 times. Done Ellen Road, MEN. Now, let me have me a little bit of uh, um, glory in the States, man. Uh, Josh, I was at your fight for Lee Selby. And in terms of atmospheres, I've, I've been to a few fights. That was the best. Like that, that was absolutely ridiculous. I have to say that. Josh, you've gone from Eddie to Frank. You've gone back to Eddie in the hope of making these big fights, right? Are you not scared without the IBF belt? Are you not scared that that doesn't help you kind of maybe get yourself into a position? Especially when you go to America, they want to see belts, don't they? They love seeing people come out with belts, et cetera, et cetera. Are you not scared that by dumping the IBF, you don't have that leverage anymore? Yes, I know. Yes, because it's a, it's a bargaining tool. Um, and obviously negotiating fights, you know, you're going into there as, as a challenger, but no, because I think we've got to a stage now where you know we, we're seeing YouTubers um drawing massive, massive crowds and making big fights. Because I mean, bloody hell, YouTubers haven't even got a, a, a professional win on the records, but they're still headlining shows. I think we've gone a little bit past the stage of we need, we need belts in every, every situation. You know, you look at times when. Ricky Atten back in the day vacated belts and you know I think he boxed, he boxed Castillo for a WBC international and, and an IBO belt. So you know, we, obviously for a boxer, glory. I, I've always felt that I wanted to, the way I'd lose my IBF belt is either on my back or going out on my shield. I never thought I'd lose it in the way of politics. But with that being said, the old pound note talks a lot. And if the right, there's a right amount of money on the table, then the other fighters will be willing to fight. And, you know, one good thing that what I've been able to achieve is an exciting style, good fan base behind us. So I think that's got a lot of bargaining tools. And uh, listen, in the long run, we'll re get, regain them belts. I'm very, very confident of it. The man at side of me is uh, confident of it as well. So, Absolutely. you know, it's not, it's not we, like I say, the career won't be dictated by the IBF belt. It's very interesting, you know. Um... You know, you haven't fought for 16 months. Um, obviously, when you fight Mauricio... Um, Lara on 13th of February um, and we all wish you well in that and hopefully there's no banana skin there um, personally I expect you to do a job on him and I know Sean will be expecting you to do a job on him and you leave no stone unturned you two you're incredible um, is there something you've had to do you're 30 years old you're undefeated in 30 fights um, have you had to stay mentally strong during COVID because you're at the peak of your powers, but you haven't been able to express it in the ring. Do you do things to stay mentally tough, Josh, when you must have hard days at the moment because we all do at the moment? We just try and make a positive out of it, don't we, Johnny? Yeah, I think, yeah. We just try to be honest with you, we've got enough. We've got a big family. We've got a big fan base. We've got, we've got quite a big outfit now as well, developing in our gym. So I think between us all, we've had enough to keep us busy. Um, I think also it can be a blessing in disguise where throughout the lockdown we've been able to take his foot off at gas a little bit and relax a little bit. So, you know, that, that little bit of rest and a little bit of respite from boxing. Um, I think what it's done with him, I've seen during these preparations, it's made him even more determined to push yeah. on. And me and myself, you know, I mean, we've had this with IBF, but for me, <clears throat> you can't have a single governing body determining which career path you're um, 
which path you go down in your career, you know. Career is about progression and going forward. And by having to give that up, you know, we'll move forward and we'll uh, we'll come back even stronger and even better. But but men- mentally, Gary, throughout throughout lockdown, just going off what he says there, just just even to pull back a little bit. And I think this has kind of been um, a little bit of overlooking what it's like to be a retired fighter. Because, yeah. you know, without without no goals in in, 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 um, in the insight, like normally for my last seven, eight years, it's been every few months you're looking ahead, you're looking at the next date, you're looking at the next date. Now, there's been a, a large void of no dates to aim for. And it's I think it, I think it makes you appreciate where you are because we're at the top of our game here. You know, we, we're... On, on on the top level, ranked number one in the world, and it's like, it, like I said earlier, it's a short sh- uh, shelf life, and it's it's not a long career. You've got to appreciate where you are, and um, if anything, it's given me the hunger, especially when I've sat back on the sofa watching all the other fighters getting out. It's made me uh, appreciate where I am, and, and and the hunger to to really enjoy all these, uh, you know, the the the, the spirit at the top. I with kids as well, I think is. Um... Spending a lot of valuable family time with his yeah. kids that he wouldn't normally get the opportunity to do that. And in turn, I think it's um, he's been very, very happy doing that. And an happy fighter is what we're all after. Isn't it? Happy fighters prepare well to do things right way. So I, I think we'll be back. And his signs, all the signs are, we'll be back even stronger and even more determined. Happy fighter is a good fighter. Final question for me, gents. Um, Josh, you spoke about possibly going to 130. Obviously, look, you still make 126. It can't be easy to make that weight class, though. But there are some super fights out there at 126 and 130. If there is a dream fight out there at either weight class, where is it? Miguel Bichel, Gary Russell Jr., Shakur Stevenson. There's a lot of talk about that fight last year. Um, what's your dream fight at either weight class? Oh man, I mean, like they're, they're all dream fights, you know. When I won world title, the fight that you was at Ellen Road against Lee Selby, you know, at the time there were Gary Russell Jr., Leo Santa Cruz, Oscar Valdez. I mean, any one of them mm. is a mouth-watering fight, you know. Um, Gary Russell obviously is more a technical fight, but we know that Valdez and Santa Cruz is going to be a phone box fight. It's going to be, <laughs> yes. it's going to be a ding dong. But then the same with Super Feather, like Joseph Diaz, who brings all action. She calls the man, or they're all saying he's going to be the next Floyd. So, listen, I couldn't really put my finger on any one of them. It's all about them big fights, getting them notches on the career and uh, getting them kills, man. <laughs> adding all them uh, casualties to my career. No, absolutely. Josh Warrington, Sean as well. Thank you so much for joining us here. Cheers, gents. Cheers. Honestly, really, really appreciate it. Josh, I wish you... Thank you. Wish you a really good 2021, Josh, and hopefully you do get some of those big fights that we've spoken yeah, about. Yeah, best of luck. Yeah, absolutely. Up next, we're going to talk about a certain mystic Matt Conor McGregor. Where's he going to go from here? I'll regroup and pick myself up, you know what I mean? Get, get up off the floor and go again, and that's it. Styles make fights. There's many great stylistic matchups out there. I meet myself and Dustin are one-on-one. Myself and Nate are one-on-one. You know, there's many good matchups for me, and... I'll adopt a different approach for, for, for the trilogy, I feel, with Dustin because, you know, that 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 those leg kicks are not to be messed with, you know what I mean? That calf kick, the low calf kick, I've never experienced that and it just, it was a good one, so it's not that I haven't got the style in in, in me to, to, to switch it up and keep that keep that at bay. And I've a lot more weapons, I didn't get the show, it wasn't my night, it wasn't a great night, but again, no excuses, hats off. And, you know, regroup and pick myself up. 
It's the knockout of myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis. Let's switch our attention now to mixed martial arts, in particular the UFC and Conor McGregor. Uh, Gareth, you know what I love more about Conor? And we're going to talk about, you know, whether or not he should be fighting and where he goes in the UFC in terms of potential matchups. But I love how he deals with a defeat. Like, I've never seen someone who, look, clearly has a big ego and loves himself, etc., etc. But the way in which he handles a defeat is so... Any young kid coming up, right? All these boxers nowadays are protecting their O. If they lose, they kind of vanish and disappear. They should all watch how Conor McGregor handles a defeat. No excuses. Back on the horse, we go again. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. And that's a very good way of putting it. But, you know, in the early hours of Sunday morning, Addy, and, you know, I've, I've made two documentaries for BT Sport on Conor McGregor, and I've been around him since he was in a, you know, kind of um, on the dole apprentice plumber, or certainly just after that. Mm. Um and, and, and charted his rise in, in, in minute detail. But him on Sunday morning here in the UK, our time, it reminded me of Nazim Hamed 20 years ago against Marco Antonio Barrera in Las Vegas. And I think, you know, I... I, I he, That's he an interesting comparison, in a, that is. Well, I'll tell you why, because he accused himself of inactivity. It's his own fault he's been inactive. What is mm. it? Uh, six fights in five years? Five fights in six years? No, it's five, It's six fights in five years. Um, um, I think, you know, there's his narcissism and arrogance, and he, you do need that as a fighter for the things that he's done. He's been a pioneer, a pathfinder, a, 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 a life bringer to MMA, to the mainstream. But... He is a parody of himself now. He is not the wrecking ball featherweight that he was yeah. who tore mentally through opponents. He was one-dimensional. He thought he could just walk through Poirier, and he did have a very good first round in that fight. It was. But he ran out of ideas, and I think I think he's struggling, and he needs to find a new identity. I, I, they are pushing for the third fight. John Cavan has been on with Ariel Helwani in the United States saying that's the fight they want, and I understand it. And he may well do, like he came, he may well come through it like he did against Nate Diaz uh, in that second fight um, that they had four years ago. Listen, he's an incredible character, but I just wonder, with the silk pyjamas and billionaire's yacht he turned up in, 150 million in the bank, whether that hunger has actually gone now and maybe the McGregor era is over. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree anymore. I mean, I think fantastically put as well. Um, I would like to see him maybe have one more, but he doesn't look like he's Two evolved. More. He almost looked like but, he was but, trying to have a boxing match with Dustin Poirier. My thing, Gareth, has what? always been get in, get rich, get out. He got in, he's become super rich. I think we know that, right? Get out now. What, what else do you have to, to, to have to go for? You were the champ champ. You've broken records. I'm hearing that the fight yesterday, sorry, the fight in the early hours of Sunday morning was the second highest pay-per-view in UFC's history. I don't know what else he has to achieve. And some of these young, hungry fighters who don't have the money, I think will start to eat him up. I mean, him versus Oliveira could be a nightmare, for example. I just don't want to see those fights. He'll never fight Oliveira. There's two fights left for him, or three. Um, is the trilogy with Poirier, which mm. he could win. The trilogy with Nate Diaz, because we just like the smack. Could win and, that as well. Um, I think, yeah, exactly. And and the fight with Manny Pacquiao, which I think would would make money. Oh, or maybe even with um, is it Jake Paul? That would do a lot of money on YouTube. It would do a lot of money with the YouTuber. Look, the thing is this: he's an incredible character. Um, 
you know, as you say, get in, get rich, get out. They always say that. You always don't, say don't that. Don't steal that, Gareth. You don't steal That's mine. You, you want, well, you want the biggest fees. You get into the office early. You get out quick, but you produce <laughs> on the show. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll produce every week like that. And we'll get in quick. We'll make a ton of money and, and we'll get, get out. out quickly out the door. Yeah, we certainly will. <laughs> do you think there are any legs? Before you quickly go, Gareth, last 30 seconds, do you still think there are legs in that Pacquiao fight? You mentioned that as a possible. Considering that he got beat, does anyone still want to see that? Um, yeah, I think so. I think it'll be quite good fun. And it's a crossover with boxing and MMA again. And also, of course, there is talk about this exhibition fight quickly before we both go and I go. Um, Ryan Garcia and Manny Pacquiao. I don't think that's going to happen, actually. I don't think it'll happen. I, I honestly hope it doesn't happen because I don't want Pacquiao to still hold up that WBA. But I think people forget that he's the WBA champion. If you're going to have an exhibition fight, throw away the WBA. Let Crawford win that. He then fights Spence. All the marbles. Bing, bing. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on for the hour today. It's great fun. Great fun indeed. Gareth, thank you very much. Same time next week, uh, another edition of the Knockout. Gareth A. Davis, look, what's that for a first show? Gareth A. Davis, Frank Warren, Josh Warrington. I don't know what my producer Jeremy Fulham is going to do next week. I really don't. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. The Knockout with Adi Oladipo and Gareth A. Davies on TalkSport 2. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tapiphone. 